Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook, and today we also have a special guest, Richard Smith. What's up, buddy? Hello. And we're missing Daryl Etherington, so. You're you're like a better Daryl Richard, I think. Yeah, bless us all. Also English as well, which is a step up from Canadian. A big step up. We can all agree on that. Um, I feel like it goes British, Canadian, Australian in terms of the Commonwealth and their accents. Yeah, where does America fit into that? We're not in the Commonwealth, bitch. Well, you should be. Give it some thought. <laughs> well, you know, we yeah, there was the whole revolution. and There was that whole war back then. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, we're not we're not doing that. Um, I will say the Australian accent is the best, though. I, Ew, I, I no, it's not. Oh. I think it's like a Cockney Southern version of British. I actually mm. think it's kind of trashy comparatively. Well, we start off really political. That's, <laughs> That's right. It only That's gets better start. from here. <laughs> yeah. Every episode is a, a stack ranking of accents. Um, <laughs> Daryl's going to be out for <laughs> a couple of weeks today. He is literally. I, I, I'm not making this up. He's getting a haircut. So he couldn't join us. That's what was more important. But to be fair, he's getting a haircut for his honeymoon, which I assume will yield lots of pictures. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Um, So we're going to, I think we're still kind of figuring out exactly what our schedule will look like while he's gone. But uh, I'm excited to be doing this episode, which is just going to focus on the latest episode of The Last of Us, episode five, Endure and Survive. Um... And Richard, I mean, since you've been dragged on here, why don't you tell us a little bit about, are you a big Last of Us fan? Did you play the game? I did play the game. Um, Jordan is actually the reason I played the game because in the beginning of lockdown, I was whining to her that I was bored and she was like, why don't you just buy a PS4, loser? Uh, And so I did. Um, You make me sound so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, that's generally how our relationship goes. And then, uh, so I bought the, uh, so I think it came with The Last of Us, or that was at least the game that um, Jordan taught me into buying. And I loved it. And it was just about the time when the second game was coming out. And so pretty much that's the only two games I've ever actually played on my PS4. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And so I just, because I'm not a big gamer, um, but I I did really connect with those two games. And there is one other game I've been playing, but apart from that, um, yeah, I, and I have played, I've played the second one probably four times through, maybe five times through and the first wow. one we need to get you another first game i mean i get it they're good but like we definitely need to expand your, yeah, your game. i'm not a gamer but just just get spider-man spider-man is fun oh really okay well i'm so i've got kind of a little bit of an obsessive personality so once i find something i like i just yeah just doing it over and over i so i don't have a, a game console because the, there were brief periods where i did and then i would just get insanely addicted and and then my life was destroyed um but jordan when she found this out, um, I mean, she's known this for, but when I brought this up um, after we recorded last week, she was like, I'll just buy you a PlayStation. Anything, I'll just buy you a PlayStation, and, which is very sweet. Though I was like, Jordan, I can buy, I'll, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. You don't have to buy it for me. Thank you, though. <laughs> I just wanted to remove all friction. I wasn't trying to um, be your, your sugar mama or anything. I just, no, I, appreciate I wanted it. to, I wanted to deliver it, hand, sealed, delivered. I wanted to preload it. You know, with all my favorite games, I just want to spread the good gospel of gaming. Yeah, well, that was a nicer experience than I had. 
<laughs> I'll buy you whatever you want. But, but yours sure. worked with me, I suppose. Yeah, that's... I, I think both of us have gotten the full gamut of Jordan, the really wonderful, sweet Jordan and other sides of Jordan as well. Whatever. I miss Daryl. I feel like you guys are teaming up in a way that I'm not comfortable with. But... Um, by the way, I should say that uh, for these recaps, we we basically assume that you've seen the episode that, that we're talking about. So we're going to spoil everything. Um, that's it. If you, if you haven't played the games, which I haven't played the games... Um, we're going to try to steer clear of any spoilers from of, about what might happen later in the season based on the games. Um, but if you haven't seen the first five episodes of The Last of Us, you probably should not be listening. Yeah. So we're talking up through the HBO show, not the full game. Right. So so Richard, I think it sounds like you are similar to Jordan in that you, you're, you've got a very clear picture in your head of what happens in the game and you're comparing that to the show so what has that experience been like for you have you enjoyed the show yeah oh yeah i think it's a great show yeah that's the first thing to say uh that's when it started off the very first episode i thought it followed the game almost too closely and i was worried that it would have that baggage of the game and having to um be a service to the fans of the game um where really a t- i mean a tv show is a completely different medium um, but after that first episode, and really after that first 20 minutes of the first episode, it, it's it's constantly branched out. It's developed the characters beyond anything that was in the game. It's introduced new characters who have been given a backstory. Um, the plot follows, definitely follows very closely to the um, to the game, at least so far. Um, but I like how they've added in these extra elements which which weren't in the game, like in episodes four and five where we have um a whole new cast of characters in um kansas city um which gives has given the game or sorry has given the show a sort of deeper emotional connection i suppose so i think if you're a fan of the game you there's loads in there that you can follow along with. um if you're upset by the changing the location from pittsburgh to kansas city then whatever i don't like you can't help you yeah Yeah, i can't help you with that but if you are uh you were you know henry and sam's story if you were eagerly awaiting that being told then um i think it delivered delivered the emotional punch that um the game game almost did yeah the show was was more powerful I think like the core emotional journey that you're supposed to go on, particularly with regards to like the characters in the show that you grow an attachment to, right? Bill, Tess in some way, shape, form, Sam and Henry so far, right? Um, You still get those things, but it just feels super layered. It's like, you know, the difference between Kraft mac and cheese and your mom's homemade mac and cheese. It's like... Kraft mac and cheese was delicious and I loved it. And I enjoyed playing Kraft mac and cheese. But like when mom comes home and makes like the breadcrumbs and the three cheese and the yummy noodles, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is layers. This is, you know, <laughs> this is more. Crumble. This is better. Yeah. Um, and so I think you're right. You're going on the same emotional journey. And they were pretty clear about like, we're going to change things that we feel like we can do better and we'll see how right they are about that. Right. Like thus far, that's really been aside from small details like Pittsburgh or are they looking for guns or a car battery? Right. Like I feel like those are low stakes enough details that they don't count. Bill and Frank was like a clear deviation 
from the plot of the game and they did do it better. Will they be right every time they do that? I don't know. You know what I mean? But thus far, I think they've earned some credit in terms of when when they want to change or deviate. And so these episodes, uh, episodes four and five, um, are kind of like a two-parter focused on this resistance group that's, we already met one resistance group, which is like the Fireflies, but this is like a whole other resistance group that's a lot more intense. And then is that also in the game? So did they have a name for that? Because I feel like they did have that in the game in some respect, right? Like the, the, the Kansas Re- City group? Yeah, well, it, I don't think in the game it was the Kansas City group. It was... They're called the Hunters, I think, in the game. The Hunters, right. I don't know if this is the equivalent of the Hunters. Do you think it is the Kansas City group equals Hunters? Are you... Yeah, I think, I think it was. Um, so yeah, so in the game they meet... Uh, so that, that in that fourth episode when um, Joel crushes the car into the, mm-hmm. the store and they have yeah. the little um, the fight there. That's all almost scene for scene in the game. Yeah, it's like a replica. It is. The the bit where um, Ellie um, shoots the guy in the back is different to the game. In the game, she doesn't. I think it's Joel that um, that ends up finishing off that one guy who's almost uh, who almost killed him. Um, but we were talking about if the hunters are are the oh, same yeah. as so the I think Kansas it is the City same group, mob, but they don't. It's the same group, um, and they are the hunters. And I think they referenced the hunters in the show. Maybe I don't know if even if they even used if they that did, word. it was very subtle because I was yeah. trying to listen for some sort of identification. Yeah, but there's no backstory in the, in the game. There's no uh, Kathleen as a new character. Perry is a new character, um, and we we know a little bit about. Um, Fedra has just collapsed from the game. We know a little bit that Fedra has just collapsed and there's this new group that's sort of taken over, but that's the extent of the backstory. Yeah, it almost feels a little bit like, from what I remember of the game, the hunters in the game, it almost feels like this was a layering in of a backstory for the hunters because when we meet them in the game, it's much more developed generally as a group, right? You've, Mm. You've got like survivors, the infected, fireflies and the hunters the hunters are much more developed and you kind of like know their system or whatever so this feels almost like an origin story that they're playing out for that later on yeah definitely and then uh, it was quite a shock when you see that she's only been in power for what 10 days yeah <laughs> what a, <laughs> an appalling leadership god and so the the structure of these two episodes is also interesting because in episode four you see um you know, Joel uh, and Ellie kind of come into Kansas City, end up getting trapped and hunted by this uh, resistance group that we we get glimpses of. We can tell that they're like very brutal. And then they find this like hiding spot where they're then discovered by, um, you know, like sort of a, a, a man and a boy. And, and that's sort of the cliffhanger last week. And then this week, instead of sort of picking that up right away, we we rewind and we kind of see, like you were saying, kind of like the moment. Sam and when, Henry's last 10 days, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the moment when the resistance takes power in Kansas City and overthrows Fedra. And, and you see all the things that lead up to him eventually encountering Joel and Ellie. And then, and then you sort of follow their story together. Yeah. There are two big themes in this in these two episodes that are, are constant throughout the games the two games the, the theme of revenge 
which uh, wasn't introduced that early um, in the game, um, but becomes a more of a a much more uh, bigger deal as the game goes on, particularly in the second game. Yeah, um, and the self self destructive nature of revenge, um, and that's sort of encapsulated by Kathleen's character, of course, and then um, the sort of uh, parent child relationship which is sort of played out in a little microcosm through Henry and Sam. And then obviously we've had hints of that with Joel and Ellie, but it becomes, I don't think that's a spoiler to say that becomes the central theme of the, Mm -hmm. of the show. Yeah. Like protector and protected and the, and the kind of like symbiosis that happens there. Um, I will say, so if I can like lob a few very minor complaints at this latest episode, Mm-hmm. One is that, like, I had really become attached to the cold open from 20 years ago that keeps painting the picture of how this ever got to this point, you know, to begin with. And I found it to be really just like a great way to start the episode. And I liked I I was definitely shocked and drawn in by this open in episode five of the the kind of revolution happening um and just how gruesome and ruthless it was but i would have happily swapped that for something that calls back to i don't know 20 years ago kansas city and these people as children or whatever um just to like you know again keep the the time switching interesting i just find that to be so attractive and then my second thing is like a little bit bigger of a deal and i'm not like harping on it but i just want to put it on the radar here is that like in diving so deep into frank and bill and then also diving so deep in sam and henry i do feel maybe less attached to Joel and Ellie at this stage in the show compared to how attached I felt to them in the game. And there are a lot of factors at play there. Like a big one is the fact that you play as Joel and Ellie. So they are you. So it's almost impossible to be, (laughs) you know, any more attached to them because you are living vicariously through them in this game. But another piece is like, I think that, Pedro Pascal and um, Bella Ramsey Bella Ramsey are doing a fantastic job and the writers are doing a fantastic job of getting the most possible mileage out of their screen time and their conversations. They get a lot out of what feels like it could be a little, but I just, part of me just wants a little bit more time with them. Um, And I get there's like a balance between painting the picture of this world where you have to find things in life to value in order to motivate survival. Um, And so showing the connections people have to one another, et cetera, is critical, not just with Joel and Ellie, but like, I feel like they have Joel and Ellie have to be elevated above those other connections. Like those other connections are meant to enforce the relationship between Joel and Ellie and how we feel about them, not become an even playing ground at least in my mind, at this stage in the story. I think there you have to make Joel and Ellie and their relationship the most important thing in order to then, kind of in the games, it feels like they do that, and then they expand it and say they're not the only ones who feel this way, right? And it feels like we're kind of building 
from even playing field amongst relationships at the outset of this, which I feel like may hold back the punches that are possible as we progress throughout the show. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm trying not to spoil things, but say that yeah. in a roundabout way, yeah. kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's the Joel and Ellie show. Um, and I don't want to keep talking about the game, but in the game, of course, you're with you're playing as Joel or you're playing as Ellie throughout the entire experience. Um, I think the show, as you say, does a good job so far of using other characters to reveal what's going on inside. Joel's head or in Ellie's head without actually having them say um, I'm scared saying or yeah yeah um, um, so you it, it's 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 because of I would say it's because of Sam and Henry and Joel seeing their relationship is why I think you see in this episode Joel um, changes his opinion of Ellie from going from cargo to you know potentially thinking of her in like a daughter way and it's it's as you know they're filling in the 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 dirt and the soil on the groves at the end, where you can sort of see in Joel's head that that click of oh shit this is this is I'm, I'm screwed um, I'm going yeah. I'm going to go through again the same <laughs> sense of you know unbearable loss that I had with my actual daughter and this is is this my future now Am I going to be filling a grave for Ellie one day? And that's why right. I kind of saw it from that little look that he gives at the end. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that I definitely feel very, very invested in Joel and Ellie's relationship. And and I think that both of them do, the, the actors do like a really good job. And I, but I understand what you're saying, Jordan, in the sense of, I mean, I can't compare it to the game, but like, it does feel like a lot of the stuff they're adding is about fleshing out all the world and characters around them. And so there are times where you're kind of like, I mean, obviously like episode three was kind of the biggest one where uh, Joel and Ellie are in it, but no one really takes away. That's not what anyone takes away from that episode. It's all about Bill and Frank. Right. And, and so these here, they're like part of the story, but in a big way, the the real, a lot of the journey in this episode is, is kind of about, Kathleen and Henry and Sam and and Joel and Ellie are kind of just along for the ride. Yeah, it was really brave that episode, that Bill and Frank episode to throw that in on episode three. Yes, right yes. at the beginning of the of that new show, and to take out your central characters, you know, for ninety percent of <sighs> they probably had so much confidence in it. I mean, can you imagine watching it all be cut up and edited together and being like, "This is going to be, we're good, we're fine. I'm not worried about it. This is so <laughs> fucking good." Um, but like. Yeah, I almost feel like because episode five spent so much time with Sam, Kathleen, and Henry, it's it feels almost a little bit too close, like too close in proximity to episode three. Like if this storyline, you can't do this, obviously, but if that kind of um, technique or tool of like going and telling someone else's story happened in episode six or seven instead mm -hmm. of episode five, I might feel differently about it because there's enough space and like time with Joel and Ellie that it doesn't feel like hey you're forgetting you know like don't forget that these are the ones we care about right um but yeah maybe we should just jump into kind of like how what happened in the episode i don't know do you guys have more high level thoughts anthony 
I mean, I, I actually would say, I mean, I, I think it's a good episode. I think it's probably my least favorite episode of the show so this far. This last one? More than, yeah. you don't like this one? Wait, you think four is better than five? Yeah, I think that, well, there's a couple things in five, specifically with the plot, that that kind of annoyed me, um, which we'll get to, mm, I think, when we talk okay. about what happens. But, like, um, that yeah, it felt like the writing in here was just, there are certain elements where it felt like you know that certain things have to happen for the show to get to the next point. And it felt like it was sort of just manufacturing plot to get it to there. But you're sort of like, wow, this seems like a big coincidence. This seems kind of um, artificial. And actually, maybe that's we can talk about that when we talk about the plot, which is that, you know, Joel and Ellie then do team up with Henry and Sam, who are on the run from Kathleen because Henry um, is was basically an informer to the federal government, which is basically like the kind of fascist government that's taken over um, after the outbreak. And um, and and Henry, um, I, you know, it comes out, I think it's sort of pretty clear from early on, but he states it outright eventually that he uh, informed on Kathleen's brother and got him killed. And um, yeah. and Joel originally is like, oh, when he finds that, he's like, I don't work with rats. But but then um, they he just he realizes that Henry presents to him that no, we have to work together because I know how to get out of the city and you don't. But we're going through these tunnels and I need somebody who can kill infected. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I I really liked the bit about I, this comes later in the episode, but it has to do with Kathleen and her brother, which is the idea that like, yeah, your brother was in power for like 10 years and nothing happened. You were in power for 10 days and look where we are now, right? Like that <laughs> just felt like a really powerful moment uh, in the show of like, you know, he might have been a great man, but you took action. Right. Um, You're the one, he didn't change things, I think is what. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, they they kind of team up out of necessity. I think Joel also throughout that journey realizes uh, he would have probably done the exact same thing if he was put in that position with his daughter, Sarah. Um, and so he has less principled stances around, well, it's not even about being less principled. It's like what principles are most important? Is it right. protecting your loved one or being a rat and protecting your loved one, you know, outweighs being a rat, I guess, or not being a rat. So that was interesting. I I do kind of, maybe I don't, I, I wonder if what I'm thinking is the same as what you're saying, which is that it does feel like they're moving them around the map in a way that hits certain points they have to hit to match the game a little bit in this episode. For example, underground, the kind of underground community, in my mind, and Richard, tell me if I'm wrong, that was a pretty memorable kind of map point um, in the game. You do have to kill, you have to clear a bunch of clickers out of that space. And I remember it being pretty hard. I don't think I made it through on my first try. Um, and then you realize, oh, kids were learning here and there was like a community here and it's very eerie and it's very uncomfortable. Um, so it felt like that whole thing kind of had to be placed there. And then obviously the sniper in the neighborhood was also, again, a very memorable section of the game. Um, so, yeah. I wonder if that's kind of what you're talking about is like, it felt like we were jumping around a little bit for the sake of jumping around. One thing that bothered me was actually just the way they frame it. it when they frame Henry's decision. And I know Richard, you were talking about this idea of, you know, it's about this sort of like 
parent-child relationship. In Henry's case, it's it's you know him and his brother Sam, but he has, I think, that same kind of protectiveness. And my sense is that that the show and the game both are about sort of exploring like what are the basically the terrible things you're willing to do in order to protect someone you care about. Um and and um in Henry's case, like, because you start out you being like, oh, uh wow, you're like basically collaborator and got somebody killed by the fascist government. Um, but then he says, well, well, first you meet him and he's like very nice. And then his brother is even like more adorable. Um, and then he's like, oh, I, I did it because my brother has leukemia. And so the only way I could get the medicine uh, needed was to inform on, 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 on this, uh, on basically the leader of the resistance. And you're just like, that just feels like such a, um, wow, you're really stacking the deck, you know? Like you're trying to like come up with like, what is the most compelling? Yeah, the most possible? dire situation. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to like, he has eczema and he right. was itching a lot <laughs> and it bothered him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, it's, it you know, I think that is well. good because I think it, it does sort of feed into the, the thematic stuff that Richard is talking about. I think it's it also just feels a little bit like, Okay, what's like the biggest thing we could invent to try to like make a fascist collaborator sympathetic? And you're kind of like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, fine. You know, I've I've said on the podcast before about various shows that I'm much more a fan of complicated individuals who are both good and bad kind of mapped across the board than I am right. of pure good and pure evil. I always think of Rings of Power as like the most prominent example of that. That are people who are just like inherently good and inherently right. evil and like there's no complexity to that you don't know right. why or you know um this does feel like they kind of like made sam inherently good right like or or took him off the hook for something that is yeah, much exactly. more complicated than it actually is and it would have been nice to lower the stakes just a touch not enough that you really question his call i think at the end of the day you should say okay he made the right call um, but without such certainty, with a little yeah. bit of doubt in your mind. Yeah, and that is, I guess that's a pretty common trope in these kind of shows and movies is, you know, people who will do evil things for good reasons. Um, and that maybe was a little simplistic in this episode. Um, right. And also after 20 years, what I can't imagine that there's still cancer saving drugs around. I don't know, maybe Fedra's really stockpiling. Uh, they kept one bottle for the, the key moment when they then they needed. I also to, don't to know if guy. leukemia, for all of the research they did into cordyceps and trying to match real life cordyceps into something that could be possible in the show. I'm not sure. Is there medicine for leukemia? Maybe I'm wrong, but. Uh, that's a, as you started talking, I was started to wonder, and I was like, I'm not aware. I don't know if there's like a pill you are. can take for <laughs> leukemia, like, but that's it, cured. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Here's this paracetamol. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably yeah. not a laughing matter. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about Kathleen and and that whole yeah yeah that whole that character um, because this is this is new for the show. Um, there's a, that backstory is new. And I did really struggle in episode four with Kathleen, the character and the actor a little bit. I guess the Ooh, two. Ooh, why the actor? I love that actress, but say more. But that was so. That was sort of my fears were sort of solved in episode five. She just seemed that first episode. I couldn't understand why she just went and shot the doctor. I couldn't understand why 
uh, she was so obsessed with um, revenge. Uh, revenge or Sam, Sam and Hen- or this Henry she kept talking about this Henry so and but then ignoring this very obvious and very real problem that's literally bubbling under the surface um, and then I just thought her delivery of that character was I just she just seemed weak to me it didn't seem like somebody who would have risen to the top of this in this world um, and so when episode four ended I did think, uh, I don't know where this is going. This just doesn't seem like the right uh, artistic choice or casting choice. Um, but then in the second or the second part, um, I I really grew to love her like deadpan, almost nonchalant way of uh, massacring people. And yeah. I think that's more terrifying than somebody who's like, fuck you, I'm going to mow you all down. And instead, you've got her saying, you know what, you guys are all rats, and you'll be fine. And then she goes into the next room and says, oh, no, we're definitely going to kill them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That whole speech is great. And like the way she also, uh, because when she says it to them, she's not saying like, oh, I'm fine with you. But she's like, yeah, like, it'll work. Like, look, we're going to put you on trial. You're all guilty. So that's how that's going to go. You'll do some time. And you're like, maybe. I mean, that sure, that seems reasonable. And and then, but you, but you also in the back of your head, like I just shot, saw her like shoot her, uh, you know, her childhood doctor, doctor so that delivered her. Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. So I hear what you're saying. I did wonder. I think less so in the sense of weakness, but I did wonder in the moment when the um, infected are bubbling up under the surface, and she's telling her right hand man, like, no. We've got to find Henry. There was a piece of me that was like, I wonder how she gets to the top of this heap if these are the kinds of decisions she's making. But I never saw her as weak. I actually saw her as like so ruthless in an actress's body who has historically played a very sweet character. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that actress has ever, I don't think I've ever seen her play a villain ever. I think I've always seen her play like the fun, nice sister. Or something. Um, so I think that was a little surprising, but I bought it. I could I could hang along. Like maybe she's a leader, but she's not a good one. But they definitely are not really questioning her all that much. So there's something there. Mm. Um she was, and then she is a terrible leader. Yeah. No, she made I mean, and, and arguably <laughs> has, has doomed the resistance at the end of that episode. Oh yeah, they're all dead, right? Everybody's certainly. Dead. I mean, yeah, all the armed forces in the resistance. Whoever went with her, yeah, exactly, yeah. is yeah. Dunzo. But then um, you see, you see them all running off towards the city at the end of it. Right. I, I don't know that anyone. Joel and Ellie, so. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're all infected now too. Well. So yeah, yeah, that's probably a lost cause. But I, you know, I did think that. I think that there's a piece of it where we have to, it takes some adjustment to get in the mindset of 20 years of survivalist lifestyle where you see something like her shooting her doctor, like that seems really jarring to us, but it's probably not in the grand scheme of all the things she's been through in the last 20 years. Like it's not a thing. And so you have to like, kind of always readjust what is shocking for this time period when you're thinking about how people make decisions. Like, yeah, even the infected bubbling up looks really intense and terrifying to us, but like 
maybe it's happened 20 times. Maybe it happens once a year that they see something like this, right? Like we just don't know the kind of like baseline of what is a big deal and what's not a big deal in this world. Yeah. And I mean, I think, well, the doctor scene is interesting too, because you don't get a lot of detail about exactly what he did for Fedra. Um, and he's played until by this, episode you know, five. Well, yeah, you know, that like, he collaborate, but you don't know exactly what he did. Do you? I mean, he's basically mm-hmm. like, we know that. Well, he's also the one that hid Henry. Henry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like, That's what I mean. On top of his collaboration, he kept her from the one she wanted the most. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think that if you're collaborating with Fedra, you're probably doing a lot of stuff that's not as good. But like, and and I think you could, I could imagine a scenario where it like, um, I you know you you would be more sympathetic to uh, Kathleen shooting him, um, because you're like, yeah, like these are all people who basically like hung their neighbor, like sold their neighbors out to be executed, um, and, right? And it doesn't really get into that much. Yeah, I would have liked a little more um, backstory, I suppose, on Henry's role in the resistance. Uh, it's sort yeah. of hinted that he was part of it, maybe, because he talks so lovingly about the brother who had died. So he must have known him and they must have known one another. Uh, but it would have been nice to have a little more, um, be a little more explicit about his actual role in the resistance. So it felt more like a betrayal. It wasn't right. just he was doing this to save his brother. It was an actual betrayal because he was a part of the call team or whatever. I think to me, it also felt like they were going really quickly and almost simplistically to the idea that the resistance is just sort of replicating the sins of Fedra and is just like doing the exact same terrible things, which I think is definitely a realistic thing that can happen. Um but I feel like it, they went, like, it, it sort of just didn't, uh, like, they didn't really explore it. They just sort of assumed that's what's going to happen. You know, like, oh, well, okay, the resistance are the bad guys now. Let's just paint them as the bad guys. I don't quite like that part. And I, I can see the showrunners are a fan of history. And I, I do like that idea of um, once you, the revolution to something as bad as the original if not worse um, right and I, I think that's a compelling idea i think they just don't quite do it justice yeah they don't do it justice in that one and a half episode right true. right yeah um, it would have needed more and maybe in the rest of the show i mean we're still only on episode five or whatever we're halfway through the first of many seasons probably um and that might be a thing that is constantly replicated as well you know, right. And and that there will also be, I guess, different models of what revolution and resistance look like, because there are also the fireflies who I, from what I gather, are very different from the resistance that we see here. Yeah, I guess that, yes, the fireflies are meant to be this, the, the saviors, but it's more of a, um, at least in the game, it's more of an idea. Um, oh, okay. And, you don't, um, uh, and I think in the show as well, we do obviously meet the fireflies through tests at the beginning, and they're they're pretty radical. They keep blowing shit up. Obviously, they're <laughs> doing assassinations. Um, I don't I don't quite remember that from the game so much. It was more this, you know, this fireflies. Do they even exist? Is the, is oh, the okay. theme in the game? And then it's, I think we we've, we've referenced that in the in the show as well. Joel is like, oh, we're going to go find Tommy because he 
one of the fireflies maybe he still knows somebody who is it's this very much in the background today is this this the saviors that we've all been right hoping but how much of it is just like mythical uh, Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you find in the game, so like in the game, you can pick up a lot of objects and you often find firefly mm. tags, like um, dog tags. They wore those. And you find a bunch of them, but like you rarely find actual fireflies or hubs where they're operational. So there's this idea that like maybe they existed. We don't know how good or bad they are really, but they where are they now kind of thing right yeah or do they do they still exist yeah yeah but i want to make sure we have time to talk about that big exactly. infected scene and right. obviously the end and we only have 11 minutes so let's bang it out right so there's uh you know various things happen the tunnels actually turn out not to be as dangerous or at least the tunnels that that uh joel and sam and henry and ellie travel through but then they're found by the resistance. It looks like Kathleen is about to kill Henry. And then all these infected come pouring out of the ground, including a bloater. What did you think of your first bloater, Anthony? It was it was cool. I mean, it was interesting because it was such a big moment in the trailer. And I heard you guys going to be like, I think there's going to be a bloater. There's going to be a bloater. <laughs> um, and for all of that, I mean, it looked cool. It wasn't that huge a part of the scene um like yeah. it killed you know one guy i mean one guy there's like a really gnarly death scene um but actually you know the thing that kills most of the people is just the giant flood of infected it seems like yeah i think the bloater thing is um hard for them to translate to a tv show so in the game bloater is really fucking hard to kill like you it takes a lot of um equipment basically like you need grenades and bombs and smoke bombs and all kinds of things to like kill this bloater it just doesn't it's not like a one shot boss and the bloater in the game also like throws its own grenades at you of like spore spore grenades which is what slows you down and it like it's just really high anxiety so I think for people who played the game, there's like two sides to the coin, which is like this bloater wasn't quite as scary as the real bloater. Um, but it also is like it gives you that same anxiety when you see it because you're like, holy shit, this thing, right. it, you're not going to be able to kill this thing. You better outrun <laughs> it. Like, yeah, this I would say thing's going to fuck is, you up. It is truly terrifying when it because the bloater kills you many, many times. And uh, it is truly terrifying when the blower grabs you and it goes to a, a little movie and it rips your head off. <gasps> that is uh, is probably horrifying. So to get that little glimpse when uh, Perry's head gets removed from his shoulders, that is... Uh, that <laughs> removed is... from his shoulders? That's such a British <laughs> way to say that. I should have said separated from his shoulders. But uh, yeah, that is, it has that same <laughs> sort of feeling. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just it looks cool. I think it seems like clearly they're setting it up so that there are going to be more bloaters later this season that Joel is going to have to try to kill. Yeah, I mean, there's one pretty memorable beat in the game where there's a bloater face-off that is um, probably the hardest and scariest part of the game, at least in my recollection. So that may, may, may or may not come. I don't know. I 
think that that scene generally was pretty good. I think they did a great job with using stunt people instead of CGI for a lot of it. And it ended Definitely. up working out really well. Um, there were a couple bits that confused me, like, you know, Henry and Sam and Ellie are having like conversations during this. Right. Or like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a little too hectic for that. Like, let's just survive and run. Um, but it is an iconic moment in the game when basically Joel has to get past the sniper. It also happens in the daytime in the game. Um, Joel has to get past the sniper. And uh, I think at the time, there's also people that are like working with the sniper that he has to get around as well. So it's pretty tough. And then he becomes the sniper and has to protect Ellie from infected. It was a super fun kind of level in the game, I think. Um, yeah, but I thought they did a good job with that scene. And I was a little bit sad to see what's her face go. Kathleen. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense with the themes and the story and everything. But like, I just I grew to like her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I liked one thing I really liked is um, her little speech about how children are disposable and that Sam. They is, die. Is the like, why is yours special? Yeah, they just yeah. die. And he's as guilty as Henry because he is his brother. Um, also, I love that um, they made him deaf in the show, which we mm -hmm. haven't talked about. But um, so I like the sort of full circle aspect of um, a child clicker is the one that takes out Kathleen because mm -hmm. it's sort of, yeah, you kind of deserve that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I don't, do we see child um, infected in the game? I don't know if we do. And yeah, Walking I mean, Dead I think... as well as, as always sort of struggled with how to include children in the, the sort of zombie world as well so I don't uh, think that it's was quite I as it was prominent fun. in the game but i don't think you like don't see them i just think that like the infected tend to be a little bit more copy and paste in the game um but yeah i thought that was really good and then i guess we you know basically in the plot which you've probably seen if you're listening to our spoiled episode uh is they escape all four of them somehow uh, from this clicker attack and end up in a motel. And Ellie finds out that Sam, Sam reveals that he's been bit. And she believes in the power of her blood and tries in the like dumbest, least medical way possible to do a blood transfusion <laughs> on, on Sam. Um and wakes up the next morning and he's sitting quietly on the bed and he's turned which leads to like probably one of the the the, the toughest scene in the in the show which is henry with a gun stopping joel from intervening in sam's attack on ellie and then kind of like i mean interested in y'all's thoughts on this it felt like he didn't even make a decision like it almost felt like the tension of the moment escalated to a point of automatic action for him to shoot Sam um, rather than him saying, this is my only option. I have to do this point shoot. It was like tension, tension. Oh my God. 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 Shoot. You know? And then he was like, Oh fuck. What did I do? Which I think. Right. Which, yeah. Cause was he says, really what did I intense. do? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I, I agree that it wasn't like, I don't think it was a very considered decision. It was just like, no, I'm not like going to let you do anything to Sam. Oh shit. Like I have to do something. I have to do something pull the trigger you know it's not very like conscious um and i think 
And then, yeah, and then he, you know, when he realizes what he's done, he shoots himself. And I think, you know, again, because those actors are really good, like the whole thing is done really well. I, I, I think that that was what I was part of what I was talking about earlier was like this sense of, hey, I know that at the end of this episode, Joel and Ellie have to leave Kansas City and they have to be on the road, just the two of them. It's not going to be with Henry and Sam. And so then you're like, okay, well, so of course, when the resistance finds them, then of course the infected have to come out right at the moment when Kathleen is about to kill Henry. Um, and then of course Sam has to be bitten and infected so that like Henry shoots him and then shoots himself. Um, and so it felt like they started with the outcome and then kind of manufactured events to sort of get them there, which again, I don't think it was terrible, but that was kind of what bothered me a little bit. Did that feel predictable mm. to you? It didn't feel predictable in the game. No, it didn't feel predictable to me even though i knew what was going to happen um but just as like the first prediction time, would be that the revolution would catch them and kill sam and henry but somehow ellie and right and joel would escape what what's predictable is that as soon as joel's like you can come with us it's like all right henry and sam are going to die um but right. exactly how that's going to happen I, I i didn't know yeah did it still have emotional kick that... yes yes it did it, it's yeah. just, just to be clear it wasn't like i was sitting there being like my arms crossed me like eh, i don't like this mm-hmm. but <laughs> it just i think to me it was like more of like an a minus episode whereas the others were like a's or a pluses i was kind of like all right i kind of feel like i can see the 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 writers kind of working to get things into place a little bit more in this one but um but yeah. it's still good i mean i, mean, I still i mean incredibly disagree so that's that's my favorite kind of disagreement it did did make me grateful for um uh, episode three um because this the game is unrelentingly grim and the show is really unrelentingly grim and even though episode three ends with uh murder suicide or a suicide (laughs) or whatever there is still so much joy in that third episode that yeah uh the whole the five episodes so far have not been so utterly depressing and I still think that that diarrhea joke between Joel and Ellie was like a yeah, moment so of great. like pure happiness. Um, yeah. And they aren't what we think of as happiness. They're not sipping pina coladas on the beach or whatever. But like those little moments are so important, which is why I think it's it's crucial that like the lens stays on Joel and Ellie a little bit more in this episode. It gives us some of those joy moments and bonding moments as well as peril and grim. Um, but yeah. I still don't really know what's coming. I feel like I've blacked out between this and episode nine, basically, of my memory of the game. Like it came back to me when once it starts going, but I can't. I'm not like, oh, and now they're going to go do this. I really don't know what they're going to go do. Yeah, I think show is different enough that you're not waiting for each plot point as the episode develops. Mm hmm. All right. Well, if you have seen episode five, endure and survive. Uh, and you've thoughts, you can shoot us an email, originalcontentpod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. We always appreciate it when you subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choosing. Oh, and then, you know, follow us on Twitter at Original Content if you like. Thank you so much for listening. Jordan and Richard, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for reading. Thank you.